This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! That, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, my question is about handkerchiefs. Recently, I was watching Love is Blind, and a lady started crying, and a man handed her a handkerchief to use. I immediately began worrying about her next move. Is she required to use it? And then what? Handed back to him dirty? What on earth are we supposed to do in this situation? Is it rude to say no thanks and just use your sleeve? Or use it and hand it back? Or use it and keep it? This is a situation I hope to avoid for my entire lifetime. Please help clear this up. So much wonderful. <laughs> of course, you all know that Nick and I love watching Love is Blind, uh, Love Island, mm -hmm. all of these things uh, from across the United States. And then we text each other about to keep up. Oh, yes. So delighted that a question has now come in. Yeah, finally. <laughs> finally. Something in our world of expertise. So just for anybody who doesn't know, Love is Blind is a reality television show. And the premise is that there are all these people who date each other but never see each other. They date through walls. And so they only ever hear each other. And they have to decide whether or not they're going to get married. It's not just dating. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's the bonkers part. That at the end of this, like, what is it, 10 days? They have to decide if they want to actually, like, propose marriage. Real deal, down on one knee, marriage. And fun fact, Love is Blind is actually the first reality show I ever watched. Really? Yeah. And so in the beginning, I was like, this is just insanity and then yeah. somewhere in that journey you become so so committed to these people right. <laughs> so the question at hand is about handkerchiefs so i actually don't remember the scene in the series but i believe it happened and i think handkerchiefs are in the zeitgeist right now because i'm watching this new show called will trent which is oh. based off a mystery series you know i love my mystery books mm -hmm. and a component of his character is that he carries a handkerchief. And it's important, and I won't tell you why, but it is... Oh, it's like a plot device. It is uh, important to his whole persona. Oh, interesting. So handkerchiefs, there was a time when they were all the rage, probably for a couple hundred years, thousand years, long time. It's actually only recently, probably the 80s, that they actually really started to fall out of favor. But I guess they're back. They're hot now. And yeah, it's just like a little square of fabric, usually cotton, maybe silk. 
usually 12 inches by 12 inches for men, maybe a little smaller for women. And like, that's the deal. My grandfather carried one. Yeah, I mean, I think probably most people did until like relatively recently. I bet it was like the tissue industry, the paper tissue industry went out of their way to sabotage. Yeah, (laughs) Kleenex is sabotaging. I also think we've become more germ focused. Yes, I think there is definitely the idea that like paper is more hygienic. Although I think there is an argument that cloth can be hygienic too. Oh, I think so. I think I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying I feel like that that's a, because I think it's the idea of taking somebody else's handkerchief and then giving it and they're like, Oh, did you already use this? You know what I mean? That all those thoughts that were make people nervous. Right. So when it comes to the etiquette, Miss Manners, she loves handkerchiefs. Like this is her whole jam. She is just all about it. I think she is very sad that not more of us use them. Honestly, after we got this question, I decided that I'm bringing it back for me personally. Okay. I'm going to have to have seven and rotate them out daily. Well, that's the thing. You always have to have a clean one. And there is actually an etiquette rule that even if you didn't use it the day before, you should still swap it out with a fresh one every day. Like there is the idea that every day it should be a brand new handkerchief. And I think if you, if somebody needs it and you're offering it to them, it may be nice to just say fresh handkerchief, unused handkerchief. I mean, I guess you could say that (laughs) it is implied that you never hand somebody a dirty handkerchief. It is implied, but we know people. Right. And when you do offer it, you do not actually do it with the expectation that you'll get it back. So you don't ask for it back. But if somebody offers you a handkerchief and you want to use it, then you can do so, but then you have to return it to them. And if they're a stranger, you have to ask them how to return it to them. And if you know them, then you know how to return it to them. And you have to return it to them clean. You do not return a dirty handkerchief. So you basically take it, use it, launder it, and then return it as quickly as possible. Like that's the etiquette. I feel like I've seen in movies, people say, I'll wash it and bring it back to you. Yeah, exactly. And Miss Manners loves handkerchiefs because they're useful for so many other things, especially during a time when we were just glancing all the time, when like most relationships were just glance-based. She says, quote, a bit of lace dropped at the foot of a strange gentleman gave him an excuse to run after her and open an acquaintanceship. So how fun, an acquaintanceship, titillating. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the deal. That's the deal with handkerchiefs. (laughs) So our next question is, quote, at work, I have a new colleague. Let's call him Chad. We sit in close proximity to each other and most of our day is spent next to each other. I feel like our personalities clash at every turn. He reads every single email he gets out loud. Over the past few months since he started, he has progressively gotten louder week by week. What started as a silent lip reading progressed to an under-the-breath utterance and has now turned into a clearly audible discussion with himself. The worst part is that he reacts out loud as well. If he's puzzled or surprised, disappointed, or simply confused about the email, he makes the associated noise. I can't stand his personality, and the noises all day long just grate on my nerves, making the whole situation worse. Do I say something? If so, what do I say? I love that I immediately, for some reason, just saw like a graph with a feeling and then an associated noise. I don't just, you know what I mean? (laughs) I like that. I feel like we can have a conversation with this person. Yeah. Also, some people, in order to read and process, sort of have to read out loud to themselves. Yeah. That's just how they think. And it's possible they don't even actually realize they're doing it. Yeah. I don't get the sense that Chad is doing this on purpose. 
Yeah, this is not nefarious. Yeah, I don't think he's being nefarious at all. So I think you can say, hey, you tend to read your emails out loud, which I totally understand, but it takes away my focus. So I'm wondering what we can do so we both can have a working environment that works for us. Yeah, I think something in that world. That was just like the intro into it. That wasn't the smooth thing to say, but <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it's sort of like- but that's the vibe. Yeah, because right. it's throwing you off your work game. You want him to be able to work. You want to be able to work. How can we make this work? No judgment yeah. on anybody. Yeah, what kind of compromise can we reach? But I get it. Like when there's somebody who sort of annoys you, then everything they do becomes annoying. Like everything, like, uh, Chad's wearing that blue shirt again. I hate blue shirts. So it's sort of like, you know, there there could be nothing that somebody who annoys you can do to like make something better sometimes. Like it's just like everything is irritating when you hit some certain point. Oh yeah, for sure. So I think another thing to think about is, can we sort of reframe the whole thing and somehow try not to be so annoyed? Like, can we have compassion for this person or empathy and realize like, oh, maybe my total annoyance with everything about him and everything he stands for and everything he believes. <laughs> and everything that he is. Right, his core essence. <laughs> if we could somehow get past that and realize like, oh, maybe there are redeeming qualities. Maybe I can change the way I react to this. Perhaps there is some self-reflection that might also help. But also, I need very particular environments to focus because I tend to get scattered. And if there's like certain noises happening, I cannot focus. And so if it's interrupting your work, I think it's totally fair to have a conversation about it. Yes. And of course, if this is an office situation and there's like HR departments or bosses, or maybe you can move different desks or like, can we wear headphones? Like there's, I guess, all the other sort of office interventions that are also available. If you don't want to have a direct yet polite conversation or you can't, or that would actually make things worse for some reason, like I think you do have some other tools in your toolbox. You can always pop in some earbuds and listen to classical music, which is what I do. Yeah, sometimes it's just nice to have some background noise that's yeah. sort of, you know, white noise. White or, noises it out. And then another idea that often comes up in these office situations when somebody's sort of talking loud and you can hear it and you want them not to do it is to say something, but say it in a way that actually expresses concern for the privacy of the conversations that they're having. So like, oh, you might not realize it, but like I can hear your emails and maybe you want to keep those private. Like maybe you don't realize that I can actually like overhear the content of that very private information. And so maybe be more mindful that like, oh, in this shared office that like it is easy to hear your private business. So if you don't want us hearing your private business, then like be mindful about not talking while you're reading. I like that. I think the one problem with that is that if they don't care, if you hear their private business, oh, that's you've true. now lost the ability to be like, it's actually disruptive to my... <laughs> actually, that wasn't it. It's just it's annoying. <laughs> I right? was just trying to say it in a nicer way, but really you're just annoying me. Um, okay. Oh, that's true. And yeah, once you do give the first like, oh, it's privacy. And if that doesn't work, yeah, then going back to the trough, that's a little harder. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, it was just an idea. No, I think just it's a great idea. It there. And it's perfect yeah. for conversations because that's not like a thing that happens constantly. Yeah. That you're desperately trying to get away from. So letter writer, let us know how this one works out. Be curious because I think a lot of people have annoying colleagues that do something similar and would be curious uh, how successful this was. I think headphones are fantastic. Headphones usually solve a lot of problems. Yeah, it's true. And then if they ask you, then it's your opportunity and, oh, uh, you're a email reader and it throws off my, you know, and I know you have to do it for your well-being. I got to do this. Okay. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. 
and Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we started at 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question is, quote, My partner and I have a lawn service, and each year we tell them not to collect or mulch our leaves because it's better for the environment and for the grass. The other day, I'm working in my study, which faces the front yard, and our neighbor next door comes over on his riding mower and mulches our leaves. Now, I'm not sure what to do. Thank him? Explain why we don't do that? Ignore it altogether? This happened a few days ago, and I've been trying to limit the number of times I could run into him to avoid bringing it up. But this also feels a little passive-aggressive to me. What do I do in this situation? If this was something I actually wanted done, I would send a thank you gift. But I also don't want him to do it again. Please help. And we think that this also feels a little passive-aggressive to me as referring to the neighbor coming over not her trying not to run into them. Uh, oh, I think what's passive aggressive is avoiding the neighbor instead of saying something. Oh, I, I think it could be passive aggressive that the neighbor is coming over and being like, oh, let me just mulch this for you as opposed oh. to being when really they a possibility, which I think we would choose not to believe it was this possibility, was that they don't like living next to somebody who's not collecting their leaves. Oh, who's not a mulcher. <laughs> so they- Okay, yeah. We're like, here, let me just handle this when you're home without asking your permission or asking permission if I can come onto your property or even if you want this. So that's why yes. I, I think that, uh, that's why I was wondering what you think that sentence refers to. Well, I think the letter writer meant to say passive aggressive as in like avoiding the neighbor. That was actually just being a little passive aggressive. Okay. I think it's a little more passive than passive aggressive, but- I don't think it's ideal either way. Well, it's you want to fix it so you don't feel uncomfortable. Right. And I don't think we live in a world in which we just have people coming over to your property on their lawn mowers and like doing stuff to your lawn. So like, I don't think we have to live in that world. So I think it is totally okay to like, let's correct that so that doesn't happen again. 
Agreed. Yeah. So I think we just like thank them like, oh, thank you for being neighborly. And we will just assume that it wasn't some sort of aggressive, like, oh, you don't know how to take care of your lawn. So like, we'll just use a tone that like ignores that and just be like, oh, thank you, Chad. It was so thoughtful of you to take care of my mulching. But actually we prefer not to mulch because we feel it's better for our lawn. So like totally no problem this time. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. But like, just know in the future, like that's not a thing we do. I think that's perfect. And I think if you could just say that with your best non-judgmental value neutral kind of vibe, then I think it's cool. I wrote that down almost exactly. Oh, okay. Appreciate. Ba 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 ba. Normally we don't. But thank you so much. Oh. In the future. Ba 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 ba. Oh, this was the exact same template. I I mean, I hand wrote it right there. You can see it. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Leah's showing me her paper. Uh, <laughs> there is evidence that that is exactly what she wrote. Should we actually just like have etiquette Mad Libs? <laughs> yeah, is that really? what it's come down to at this point? <laughs> just fill in, name a person who committed a crime. And then like thing that they did, thing you would rather them not do. We could actually do <laughs> funny Mad Libs. Yeah. So I think that's the solution. And I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but I think the longer you wait, the worse it's going to be. So just like catch your neighbor and be like, oh, thank you, but, and then we're done. Yep. Yeah. And even if it feels a little uncomfortable, I actually, super proud of myself, had a thing the other day that felt uncomfortable, had to get done. I just plowed through it. I smiled through it. We did it. I left. That's what it is. I'm not thinking about it anymore. We're moving forward. Was my voice in your head? You know, it actually wasn't. (gasps) What? Does that mean you've graduated? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Oh, I'm so proud. Okay, great. That is interesting that your voice wasn't in my head. Because yeah, normally you would hear my voice in your head being like, Leah, just do it. Just do (laughs) it. What are you waiting for? It's true. Just do it. You're right. I, I normally would. I, I didn't catch that. It's very interesting. I'm going to have to be like. No, I'm I'm happy for me to not be in your head or anybody's head. I don't even want to be in my own head. So like, I, I don't blame anybody else. I mean, there's a lot of voices in here. So sometimes <laughs> yours doesn't win out. It's crowded. It's a dinner party. <laughs> Can't always be seated. That's fine. So our next question is, quote, I realize I may have been committing an egregious etiquette sin these past few weeks. I'm a student in college, and I'm currently applying for part-time jobs. When filling out job applications, I simply put the name, phone number, and email of my past bosses for references and move on to the next part of the applications. I recently overheard my father on the phone with one of his former bosses, and I heard him formally ask his past boss for permission to use him as a reference. My stomach dropped. Should I be asking my past bosses to use them as references every time I apply for a job? What is the correct etiquette for this? I think if you want the person to be a reference to speak to your qualities, yes. you got to give them a heads up and ask them at first. Yeah, uh, you you should do that because I have checked people's references where they did not have a heads up. And oh, does that not send a message when you're like, hey, I want to just see how such and such was in this job. And they're like, uh, wait, what? What is this regarding? Who? Oh, right. Yeah, that person. Um, I, I think I remember them. And it's like, okay. That's that's not a great reference. Yeah, I've been had somebody use me as a reference. I, I was their supervisor for something and I they didn't give me a heads up. I didn't even know they were applying for jobs, yeah. you know. And so I was totally caught off guard. I wasn't ready. 
the employer completely recognized that, as Nick said. Yeah, no, so you definitely want to give people a heads up because also you want to make sure that they want to do it and will be a good reference. And then it's also an opportunity to actually give them a heads up about what you want them to say or emphasize. Like depending on what the job is, you may want your reference to like, oh, can you emphasize like these skills or this project or this time? Because like that would be very relevant for the job I'm applying to. You can even give your current resume to that reference. Like that's a thing that's done too. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. I also think there is when you're filling out a resume and you're just saying all the places that you've worked. Yes. I mean, there is like the, who was your supervisor on that job from this year to this year? Yeah. And that's not the same. I think if you're just giving all of your, this is where I worked, this was the time and you're not, you know, they're just checking, were you actually there? I don't think that's exactly the same. Yeah. I think it would depend like, oh, is this person actually going to be contacted or not? But I think if there's a chance that they're going to be contacted, yeah, I think you should definitely give them a heads up. For sure, give them a heads up. So letter writer, you didn't know, and that's fine. But moving forward, now you know. Absolutely. I think this is do not beat yourself up. How would you know unless it got talked about? Yeah, and the people you already listed, I mean, they're going to say whatever they're going to say. But yeah, you'll get a better reference from these people when they have a heads up. Yeah, it works to your benefit to give people a heads up. Oh yeah, this is totally for your benefit. I mean, etiquette often actually does have selfish results when we do the right etiquette thing, often actually does benefit us uh, as much, if not more, than uh, the people we're interacting with. So <laughs> that's actually the interesting thing about <laughs> etiquette, I think, is like some people want to be selfish and like, oh, I don't want to like do the polite thing because like I just want to be selfish. But actually the etiquette thing is actually usually a little more selfish. Like, oh, this actually benefits me in the long run. You got to play a long game. Holding doors for people at Starbucks is a long game because you want the favor to be returned to you the next time you're at Starbucks. But the idea is that like, oh, eventually I will have this paid back. I mean, I hold doors because I want people to feel nice. I mean, however we get there is fine. (laughs) I'm more interested in the end result. What is in your heart? What is your motivation? Like, I'm less concerned. I just want the end result, which is like not having doors slammed in my face. And so if we can do that because you want to be a good person, that's great. If you want to do that just because you want to live in a society where we don't do that, also fine. I definitely, I was in this conversation the other day with a friend and they were saying to me, why would this person not have been nice? No matter what, it's not going to work out for them down the line that they behaved this way. Yeah. The eternal question. Well, that's why this podcast exists. (laughs) (laughs) Until we solve this problem, Leah, we will have episodes. I just had a visual of the two of us sitting in this exact position and we're both like 105. (laughs) Oh, you don't think we're going to solve all the world's (laughs) etiquette problems by the time we're 105? No. Oh, I'm crying. So our next thing is event. Quote, what is up with the people who don't RSVP to a party? It is so annoying. I'd rather get a no than a no response. Just acknowledge the invite so we can all move on with our life. Who are these people? I invited 12 guests to a party several weeks ago, and the party will be a potluck. And so I sent a last minute reminder via group text so the invitees can confirm what they're bringing and so we don't end up with duplicates. Since I'm petty, I did not include the person who did not respond. For me, no response means you're not coming. This person is really a mutual acquaintance and her response to me has been lukewarm in the past. I was wondering if she doesn't like me and I think I have my answer. Right up top, let me say any event slash PSA that begins with what is up with people and then later has who are these people? Yeah. I mean, deep, deep, deep in my heart. We're in. We're in. Yeah, we are in. I also want to say something that I 
have been focusing more on mm-hmm. where um, our letter right. Yes. Wait, wait, first let me say yes. So annoying. Oh, annoying. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this, this is one of my major top 10 pet peeves. So rude. Yeah. But in this, I was wondering if she doesn't like me and I think I have my answer for new year, new me. I personally, and maybe our letter writer wants to join me in this, flip it around. And is it, oh, they don't like me. Maybe I don't like them. And I don't have to continue to invite somebody who doesn't respond to me in the way that I want to be friends with people. Yeah. I mean, I think there are different flavors of hosting. And for some hosts, super casual. Drop in. Do a pop in. Happy to have you over. Other people, such as myself, I like a little planning. I like to know who's coming. And I like to be able to like buy enough ingredients, make sure I have enough chairs, know the guest list. And so if you just aren't on my page, then I don't really want to have you as part of my events. And I would say this person is not on your page and they're just on a different page and that's fine. But like, you do not have to invite them anymore. You just don't. And you don't even have to like that page. You don't even also have to like that page. That's also fine. Totally fine. Yeah, but it is true. No response is a response because I have long maintained that people who are interested make an effort and people who are not do not. And so this person has made no effort and therefore they're not interested. They're not interested in the party. They're not interested in your friendship. And so let's not invest any more time. Uh, to quote uh, Nicholas Layton, uh-huh. let's walk them out of the theater. I definitely would reseat them. Sure. Yeah. I don't think they need to be in the orchestra. I mean, I think definitely there's a balcony spot for them. I mean, they could be outside. <laughs> okay. They could be in the touring production outside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I know, it I is love that they're in the touring production. <laughs> so I would also say for people who are receiving invitations, as a reminder, just respond to them. It is a yes or a no. Maybe is actually not a great answer. Facebook has trained us that maybe is an acceptable answer to a party, and it is not because that leaves your host hanging. If you cannot commit, then you can communicate with your host and be like, hey, I can't say yes because I have this other thing. When do I need to let you know by? That's a fine conversation. But just to leave it hanging as a maybe, uh uh-uh. So just yes or no. That's all we need from you. Agreed. Right? Yes. It's just like not that hard. It's not. And as Nick said, if you're unsure because of a thing, just reach out to the host, ask when they need to know by. Right. Just because you have a conflict that hasn't cleared yet. Yeah. And you're wondering how much time you have to respond. Just ask. Right. And it could be like, oh, actually, I do need to know now. So if so, then okay, then I'll just decline no. Okay. Then that's what it is. See you in the next event. But don't leave your host hanging. And also the people who do this are people who never host. People who host know how annoying this is. And I think the only people that do this are like people who never host. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Right? Thank you for sharing your event with us. We 100% agree. Yes, I think a lot of people in our audience can relate to this and sympathize and feel your pain. Who are these people? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) So, do you have a vent for us or a repent or a question? Oh, yes, you do. Send them to us. You can send them to us through our website, rerasedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. 
Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or, right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.